Welcome to the Green Room Podcast. This is our third episode with your co-hosts, Chase Banks. And Christine Banks. We have a very special guest today, Andrew Patzig, percussionist and composer. He was one of our Series 1 commissioned composers. Uh, Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, Andrew, uh, you and I know each other very well, but for people listening, can you just kind of give us a little bit about yourself, your background, and where you're coming from? Yeah. Um, so a lot of people call me Patsig. Um, not a lot of people call me Andrew. Um, <laughs> so I guess that's the first thing. But uh, yeah, uh, started um, kind of give you guys, I guess, a background of of uh, my musical career. I, I uh, started out playing trumpet back in, uh, in uh, middle school. And uh, my dad was a uh, band director and he uh, kind of had me on the trumpet uh, track. So uh, I was doing that for a while. And I remember going to the, the high school games and, and seeing the drum line play. And I was like, man, that's so cool. And, uh, <laughs> that's really what I wanted to do. Uh, I figured out that was what I wanted to do. I uh, definitely wanted to be a, a drummer and, and play in the drum line one day. So mm-hmm. uh, I started hanging out with the, uh, those percussionists uh, on the band trips, like the buses, and they started teaching me like rudiments and, and things like that. And uh, I kind of just weaved away from the trumpet playing and, and around my probably my sophomore, junior year of high school, I, I ended up playing on the drum line. And then I decided I was going to go to college and uh, actually do this. Uh, I kind of wanted to be a band director at that point. That's kind of what I had had future ideas about. And I uh, went, to, went to Troy University in Alabama. It's a smaller college. And uh, I, I really went there to be in the drum line. So I started in the drum line and, and really that was my focus was being in the drum line at Troy and the teacher there, the professor, Dr. Adam Blackstock kind of showed me and opened my eyes to, you know, percussion ensemble, chamber music, what the marimba was. I had no idea what the marimba was. I, I had no idea there were uh, specialty techniques to play the triangle and the tambourine. You know, I had no idea about this stuff. And he really opened my my perspective to this, and I thought, man, this is really cool. So the drumline thing kind of went to the side, and I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on marimba. And and I thought at that point, you know, freshman, sophomore year of college, I was like, I want to be a marimba player. That was my thing that I wanted to do. But And then I progressed and progressed, and, and uh, towards my uh, last year in Troy, I guess after – four and a half years of undergrad, I, I decided I wanted to try and write some music. And the first thing I wrote was a little uh, marimba solo called First Impressions. And it was just an easy kind of thing. I, it probably should have been for a four, four and a third, but I decided to put the low C on, on the very last note. And I was like, why did I do that? <laughs> but... Um, so yeah, that was kind of my my door into the composition world, and and after I interned and did my student teaching, I kind of figured oh, I don't really want to be a band director. This isn't really for me. <laughs> um, so I decided I need I wanted to go to grad school. So um, I had heard the name and and I had talked with uh, Andy Harnsberger, and I knew that he was a pretty 
um, pretty big name in the percussion field uh, for percussion uh, composing. And um, I decided, man, it'd be cool to go up there and, and uh, study with him and learn about how to compose for percussion instruments. So ended up going to grad school at, at Lee University with Andy Harnsberger. And that's really where I started kind of diving more into the composing aspect of, of my, my life. And he helped me a lot and, and uh, taught me pretty much everything I needed to know about percussion, composing, and, and anything in, in life. And that, that was for two and a half years. I was there in Cleveland, Tennessee. And then, and then I uh, decided, okay, well, I want to do this for real. This is what I want to do. I want to probably be a, a, a university teacher and te- have my own studio and, and uh, really build a program one day. This is my, my dream now, you know, comes from playing trumpet to, to now wanting to teach <laughs> a studio of percussionists in, at a university. Um, but then I ended up coming here to, to US, USC, University of South Carolina, now that I'm, I'm here living in Columbia. And funny thing, now I'm doing the drum line again. So I'm, I'm now working with the drum line. Full, actually, full circle. Yeah, full circle. And I'm actually doing uh, your job that you used to have here, Chase, uh, the, the drum line GA. Um, so working with that, working with the marching band and still composing on the side and doing that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where I am now. And I'm just trying to figure out um, when I'm going to finish uh, my doctorate and then hopefully get a job somewhere, you know? So uh, yeah, that's about it. Well, that's awesome. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that background. It's, it's always funny because even you and I have been friends for a number of years now, but I, I don't think I ever heard the trumpet story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that's not a lot of people do. That's hilarious. I mean, but you know, everyone has a calling and, you know, just to pump Patsy up here a little bit. I mean, this guy is a wonderful percussionist. He writes some killer music. He's had pieces premiered at PASIC. I mean, this guy's all over it. So if you haven't checked out Patsig or Andrew Patsig's music before, <laughs> uh, go, go check out some of that stuff. Um, Definitely. Yeah, go do it. <clears throat> so during all of this that we're going through currently, yeah, yeah. Do you feel that it's inspired you to do any projects or kind of like, what's your, what's your feeling on it as it affects, um, kind of your writing if you've done any projects? Yeah, I've, uh, I've done a few, uh, uh, but yeah. Um, so kind of when, uh, when all this, uh, COVID-19 stuff kind of happened, uh, I guess at the beginning, I was just kind of kind of optimistic. I think everybody was just like, oh, we'll be gone in a few months kind of thing. And now it's turned into, you know, almost a half a year now. And it's like, holy, holy moly. But I've kind of I've kind of taken taken as an approach to it as I have a little more time to actually do writing music, write music or compose and and uh a lot more time than I usually would have during the during the school year because you know classes, right. marching band, football games, everything just on top of the other. wind ensemble, progression ensemble, everything just adds up. And now not having to really you know worry about those those things as much, I've had more time now. I think to to really dive into some pieces that I've written and I've I've uh, I've done a few. Uh, I've written a, a couple pieces. Uh, 
over the the pandemic crisis here. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's really unfortunate what's going on, but but I'm trying to take advantage of the time that I have right now to uh, kind of just catch up on some things and, and do what I like to do, you know, writing music. So yeah, absolutely, and good for you for being so proactive and you know wanting to take that initiative and get projects done. I know for Christine and I, um, or at least for me, I know I've, I've struggled a bit through this pandemic to stay focused. Um, and it's, it's really only been until recently that that kind of motivation and just like go get them attitude has finally, finally gotten back to Mm me. Um, so, but you know, good, good for you for being able to push through. That's awesome. Well, I feel like that. I um, feel like that towards the practicing aspect, you know, I'm like, I need to practice more, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, um, no. so did you want to, did you want to go into any more detail about any of those projects? I know you had a project coming up for Nancy Zeltzman. Oh Can we talk yeah, about yeah. 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 Um, okay. so back in pace at PASIC, uh, 19, 2019, I guess. Uh, I wrote a piece for uh, uh, Marimba uh, composing. What is it? Marimba competition. I don't know what it's called. It was like. Remember, he was a <laughs> trumpet player at first. <laughs> some, you know, Marimba, it was the. Uh, co- uh, it's like a com- composition contest for Marimba solo that I entered. Gotcha. And I had wrote, I wrote a piece and um, I had entered it. You know, I, I didn't think it was very good. I was like, oh, this is kind of. This is kind of a, you know, low on the totem pole kind of piece. I was like, ah, oh, it's not really going to go anywhere. And I entered it into that competition. I, I didn't end up winning. But uh, while I was at PASIC, the day after um, um, that, after they gave out the results or whatever, and I found I didn't win, I ended up getting a text message from um, my old teacher, Dr. Adam Blackstock. And he, he said, hey, man, you need to find Nancy Zeltzman. She's blowing me up saying that she wants to talk to you about this piece you wrote. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she's, and uh, she was actually on the, on the committee for the, the panel to, to um, judge these pieces that we entered. And uh, I had actually, funny story, I wrote that piece for um, Dr. Blackstock and it I didn't have my name on the composition. I didn't have anything like that. We had to take all that off. But underneath the title, I still had commissioned and written for Dr. Adam Blackstock. And uh, that's how Nancy Zeltzman saw, oh, well, I can reach out to, to Adam and then uh, he can find whoever did this. So he said, you need to find Nancy Zeltzman. I ended up later on that day getting a text message from a random number that said, hey, this is Nancy Zeltzman. I was like, what is going on? And, and, and we had, we had met, I had met her before at Chosenville with Chase. She was there and, uh, but I don't know if she really remembered who I was. Um, but we talked and, and it was crazy. We, uh, she said, Hey, do you have a chance that we can, um, talk about your piece you wrote? I really would love to get some insight on it and talk to you about it. I said, she's like, I am in the exhibit hall right now over by the Adams booth. Uh, I was like, I'll be there in five minutes or ran there. She's sitting there talking with some, some guy and, um, she, she gets done with him and I'm just kind of waiting in line, you know, to talk to her. And she's, she's like, Oh man, 
and she she pulls out her mallets and she just she she pulls up the piece on her phone the and and she oh said hold God. this and she just starts she just starts sight <laughs> sight reading the piece right there in the exhibit hall and I had never I had, this is a piece that I had uh, I had strictly said I don't want to write any of this at the keyboard I want to write it all you know from from uh, finale or from from the computer. I don't want to limit myself to, you know, you know how percussionists we, we have the, uh, those things that feel comfortable in our hands and all that kind of stuff. I, I wanted to get away from that. I didn't want it to be anything that I wrote for my mm-hmm. taste or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, but anyway, she started playing this piece and this was the first time that I had ever heard the piece on a marimba because the MIDI oh that gosh. I sent in for the competition was actually a piano MIDI because, I thought it sounded a little bit better than the actual marimba sound, but, um, and, and Patrick, Hey, one thing real quick for anyone listening that doesn't understand the significance of this story. Nancy Zeltzman is like a world acclaimed marimba soloist. She's absolutely incredible. She teaches at, uh, Boston conservatory at Berkeley. Um, and just, I mean, the most killer marimbist you've ever met. She'll literally pick up a piece she's never looked at before and, probably play it better than you <laughs> yeah. you've been working on it for like months just sight read it yeah and i and i don't mean you patsy like, i mean you no no you know, the met- metaphorical person out there but she can do it better than me too yeah. but <laughs> but no uh so that was just really cool and she she was super into the piece and she was just on and on about it like man i really want to play this and and man this is so cool and i was just like man this is a piece that i had no hopes for you know what I mean like <laughs> I was just something I you know threw out um but I actually did spend a lot of time on on that piece but I just wasn't feeling it but now that I've gone back and uh, so anyway we involved it, more to this story which is crazy over the next few months uh we had been chatting on on uh, the phone uh we actually had a couple zoom meetings uh, towards the beginning of the whole uh pandemic and nice. she uh she went through the piece and there were parts that she was like, Hey, I don't think this, this works here. Uh, if it lays wrong or weird on the keyboard. And I was like, and I explained to her, yeah, it's probably because I didn't, you know, try and play it <laughs> beforehand. So we went through the whole thing and, and kind of revised it and made it, you know, playable. Um, and she sent me recordings of her playing stuff. Hey, do you like this? Uh, does this sound good? Uh, is this kind of what you were going for? And I'm just like, man, what is happening right now? This is insane. <laughs> so that's super cool. So now she's going to record the piece. Is that correct? Yeah, she's going to record the piece. Um, she, uh, her and, uh, Nick Stevens and John Tyree have mm-hmm. a recording thing they've been going on and they go up there to, to Boco. So they're, they're around her a lot. So she suggested them to, to record the piece. And I was like, oh man, I didn't even know they were up there. And I knew I had, the privilege to know those guys. So, um, yeah, back in, we, we had a ba- big meeting about it and, and the video and everything, how it was going to be. And we were supposed to, she was supposed to record on June one, but ended up everything's kind of getting worse. And, and, uh, yep. we've kind of put things on hold right now, but it should be happening pretty soon. And, um, it's going to be a cool project. Hopefully people will, uh, will dig the piece. And, and I'm excited personally just to hear the, the piece played on the marimba so and you know absolutely the the queen of marimba playing my music it's just like wow this is this is awesome 
So that's super cool. Well, thank thanks for kind of sharing that story. It's it sounds like a really fun experience. Yeah. Um, so let's jump back then to you and I at Chosen Vale with with Nancy. Um, do you do you remember any of our first few conversations about the project in general? And I I, I focus on what do you remember? Because well, don't remember. yeah, I don't remember much either. It's, <laughs> that whole two weeks is kind of a blur, man. <laughs> but. Oh, um, yeah. I, I understand. I remember a lot of late nights. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of what about this? Oh, what about that? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I don't remember what the where we exactly were, but I remember you coming up to me and, and talking to me about this idea you'd had. And uh, well, and, and we didn't even know each other. Remember, well, we, 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 we kind of had... we kind of knew each other like. Just from, you know, Florida State, when you were at Florida State uh, before USC, right. you kind of met a couple times, but we hadn't really, like, talked. And then you went to USC and, and started hanging out with Bailey, my f- good friends that I've been with, and, and we started kind of right. hanging out through them, and that's kind of how that happened. But I remember yeah, exactly. I remember uh, you coming to me sometime and, and saying – and I had actually at Chosenvale brought a piece that I had wrote for Marimba Solo, and I started playing it. And it was another thing that I was like, "Oh, this is a crap piece, and and uh, it's not very good," and and didn't think it was going to go anywhere. But I wanted I wanted uh, some people like Michael Burrett, Nancy Zelsman, uh, Tim Feeney, Doug Perkins, all those guys to kind of give me their input on it. So I played that, and then I was kind of like for the next few days of the the seminar, it was kind of the talk of the the seminar, my piece that I had wrote, and I was like, "Wow, this is crazy," and then. Um, I remember you coming to me one somewhere saying, Hey, I got this idea for this green vibes thing. Um, and you, you had explained it to me about the, the mission and, and what you were trying to, to accomplish with, with this whole project. And I thought it was like super, super cool. And, and I had never really dove into vibraphone music before. So I thought this was, Oh, this is a great opportunity for me to kind of expand from the marimba to writing for some other instruments. Um, right. And, and you telling me like, Hey, we want it to be only instruments that are recyclable. We don't want any wood like marimba, anything like that. We want it to all be metal or or glass or anything recyclable, recycled. And, uh, I was like, man, this is, this sounds really cool. And, uh, yeah. So I, I, you had said, Hey, would you be interested in, in writing this piece for, for a piece for this? And I was like, yeah. And, it was funny. I remember. I remember one night in the room, and I remember because it, it was and and also for what it's worth, Andrew and I actually roomed together at yeah. Chesterfield too. <laughs> Not only were we like kind of like first, you know, meeting and actually becoming friends at that point. Yeah, we were also rooming together mm-hmm. and staying up late and talking with no air conditioning. <laughs> with no air conditioning. Oh my goodness, hundred right. hundred plus degrees, but. uh I remember one night up there in the room or I guess we were about to get ready to go to sleep or something or, and I, do you remember, uh, Spencer Jones, it says last name. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember him saying, Hey, we were all up there together doing something. And he was like, Hey, I want you to write me a piece for Marimba duo. And I was like, Oh, well, I just kind of wrote this thing and I just started on it. And I remember showing him that. And then, 
And you were like, well, you got to write my piece first before that. And I was like, oh, man. So, I mean, just all the opportunities, all, <laughs> all the opportunities that I was getting from, you know, just this one seminar for these two weeks was just, you know, the, the networking that, that I, and the friends and lifelong friends that I've made from, from just those two weeks have, are still, um, are still, uh, what's the word, uh, affecting me now, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that, that, that was, I remember us talking a lot and, and I, and I remember, I was, I remember thinking, you know, Chase, from what I had known of you at that point, I knew that anything you put your mind to, you know, it was either all in or nothing, you know? So I was like, this is going to turn out to be, you know, something really cool. And, and I was also thinking, man, this is really cool. You know, think about 50 years from now when there's the 50th green vibes, you know, I'm the going to be on the first series, like one of the, like exactly. the main people. I'm like, man, this is going to be cool. Like people are going to be like, oh yeah, Patsick was one of the first, the first people to write. And I'm, that that's just really cool to me. Cause I know it's going to keep going. I mean, just over the, I mean, what is it? Three, three years now. It's mm-hmm. y'all have, y'all have both done tremendous things and I, and it's just going to keep going, keep going. And I'm excited to see where it goes. And I'd love to write another piece for you maybe next time. No, no, I'm joking. Awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. And thank you for the kind words that that really means a lot. Um, I was actually, we we're looking over some stuff today. So we're about to launch the series three commissioning cycle in August. So we've been working really, really hard diligently every single day, trying to, finalized just yeah I, I mean i don't even know where to start um but what one thing you said you know 50 years or whatever looking back and see all the composers and all mm-hmm. the people that had a hand in this project even just now looking back at the past two years and what lies ahead for series three it's pretty it's pretty freaking cool to look at the list of composers and you know we started out uh, it's four commissions a year yeah. all right well Four commissions a second year. Okay, now we got eight people in this list. Yeah. <laughs> and now with Series 3, we're, uh, not to give away too much, but we are doing a fifth commission, so we're oh, trying sweet. to do more and more. Definitely. Um, and it's it's just pretty neat to see the project evolve. And as this started as some crazy random idea one night at Chosenville yeah. <laughs> with us talking and and what what it's become and what it will become even more in the future. Definitely. So, and yeah, thank, thanks for the kind words. So, Patrick, you know, we, we've been talking about Green Vibes and the evolution of the project and whatnot. So many of the composers, I mean, their story is very similar to yours where I've reached out to them, kind of tried to give them my pitch about the project mm-hmm. and get them to write. Um, can you just maybe talk in a little bit more detail about what that kind of looked like of actually writing for the project um, in, in your own words, yeah, sure. I guess. Um, so I remember you asking me uh, to do this and I, and I, I said, okay, this, this is a real thing. And I immediately started thinking about it um, and it was constantly on my mind. And, and I knew that, you know, with your, you know, you, you have a pretty big YouTube page and you had videos and, and you're big into the recording and everything. I said, you know, this has got to be a good piece because Chase is going to market this thing like crazy. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so I, I, I knew that I couldn't just, you know, 
throw something out there. So I really, but the funny thing, I, I, I had gone into it thinking like, man, I got to, I got to do this. This has got to be a really great piece that everybody's going to love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went into it thinking, oh, I'm going to, this is going to take me a while. But the funny thing was, I, I think it was one of the fastest pieces I ever wrote. Um, and I still think it's the best thing I ever wrote. But <laughs> um, we're coining well, yeah. that. We're going to put that everywhere on social media. The best piece Andrew Patrick's ever. Yeah, made. yeah. Um, but no, uh, I remember. Do you remember that piece that? Because uh, this was like the beginning of Chosen Bell. You had come to me with this, so we had the whole like next week to think about it. And I remember that yeah. piece, Doug Perkins, played by uh, Robert. Uh, what is it? Haas, Hansen. Hansen. Uh What is it? Economy of the means. Economy of means. Uh, yep. And uh, I remember in the one of the movements in there, he used xylophone mallets on the vibes. And I was like, man, yeah. that's really cool. Um, and I had been going through my mind, like thinking, oh, well, this has got to be, you know, eco-friendly piece. And I was thinking about like what I could play like, like uh, glass bottles or something. You had given me all these ideas of things. And um, I was kind of getting overwhelmed in my thoughts of like all these things, like what could I do? There's so many opportunities. Um, Mm -hmm. But I kind of strayed away from that. I was like, I think I I kind of felt like everybody's going to do that, whoever the composers were. And it kind of ended up being, uh, being like that. Everybody kind of went off the wall kind of. And I was like, maybe I'll just keep it simple just fiber phone because I was like, man, Chase is probably having to learn like six multi pieces right now. And (laughs) so I was thinking about you, you know? And, uh, so yeah, I just kind of wanted to kind of keep it simple. Um, but then towards that middle section and I kind of, you know, with the, with the xylophone mallet part, uh, kind of just let it go there. And I was like, okay, there's gotta be something impressive in this piece. So, that whole little middle chunk, I I don't know. It, it's, to me, it seems like it's the hardest part of the piece. Um, everything else is kind of just eighth notes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so then I wrote the piece, and and I had been working with uh, with uh, Dr. Andy Harnsberger on it a little bit. I had been showing it to him. He he was he was liking it. It wasn't kind of it wasn't really his style music, but uh, you know he has he has his his uh, his style, and I have kind of mine and. We don't really uh, write the same kind of stuff, but anyway, um, that's a good. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> but um, I remember bringing it to him, and I was like, I just want it to have like, I just want to make it a little bit more interesting. And I remember I was one day uh, practicing through. I was playing through it, and um, just to make sure all the notes were right, making sure everything was possible all this stuff, you know, cause I didn't want to send you a piece like I did Nancy Zelsman that wasn't even, you know, half of it wasn't even playable. But, um, I remember going through that and I was in uh, a practice room on a vibraphone. And I remember outside the, uh, for some reason that day, the fire alarm in the building had went off and it was just, oh, it was just beep, 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 you know, constantly. And I was like, what am I going to do? I'm in here practicing. You know, I went out to see if there was a fire. There was nothing going on. It was just like, you know, some some drip. Happened to go off. Yeah, it just happened to go off. And I was playing through it, and there's no there's no uh, fire alarm in the practice room, but I could still hear outside. 
and I was playing through it and it was just kind of in the background and I was playing through the piece. I was just like, man, this is, this is kind of cool. Like mm. with the, with the background noise in it. So then I started experimenting with that and I got into those soundscapes and, uh, I had played the piece with like some re- weird stuff, man, like office noise. I had one time, it was just like telephones ringing, you know, anything that's just distracting, like, like the fire alarm or anything. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I played it with rain. I played it with a rainforest thing. I played it with uh, uh, the ocean waves, you know, any kind of soundscape that, that you could think of. Um, and it was funny that I kind of got that idea also from the fire alarm. And then I, at the time I was also uh, having trouble sleeping and, and I was kind of using those uh, soundscapes at night to just kind of calm everything down. And that's kind of how that aspect of the piece came. But then I was like, okay, well, I don't want to make it specific. Like, I don't want to say here, this is what you have to use. This is the soundscape you have to use. I wanted to kind of leave it up to the performer, you know, whatever they thought. Um, I think you ended up using bird singing, which was really cool. Um, I had never thought about that, Um, which is kind of what I was hoping for. You know, anybody who comes and plays this piece, I want them to be out of the box. I want them to, you know, choose something that, is cool to them. That sounds cool. That, uh, and it kind of just goes and drifts in and out and, and you, you're, you're playing the piece and, and you forget that like in your case, in your video, you, you towards the, you know, the, uh, after the, the intro towards before the, uh, middle part, you, uh, kind of lose the background noise and you kind of hear the, yeah. you hear the piece and then the piece will kind of die down a little bit and then the birds come back and you're like oh man I forgot that was there (laughs) which was really really cool to me um so that was kind of my my whole part of of writing the piece and um I wanted to keep it you know kind of the whole idea so so if if we're going into the the whole name of the piece and everything the castle in the air this is some kind of like, this is like some, what did I write in the program notes here? Um, <laughs> I don't, I just want to, I want to say it the right way. You know what I mean? Um, sure. Exactly. While Patrick's looking up the, the program notes for a second. So right, his piece, A Castle in the Air, um, it's currently being published by C. Allen. So if you uh, go check out C. Allen's website, you can get a digital download and be eco-friendly, no paper. And uh, or if you do want a hard copy, printed copy, you can also order that from Sion. They'll they'll get it to you. But yeah, get get the digital. Get, get the, the digital, digital one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, I looked. I just looked it up right now. Uh, so this this castle in the in the air is is like an idea. It's like an idiom for an idea that is kind of impossible to you know to to portray or or to something to happen. So. I was thinking about your idea about the, the go green and, and we want to save the planet and we want, you know, global warming to not be a thing and, and all this. And, and I was like, man, I, I, I really, you know, want all these things to be true, but the way things are going, it just seems impossible, you know, with, with everybody, the way everybody, you know, treats the planet and, uh, just daily lives of people, you know, and, um, right. Not saying that it doesn't it's never gonna happen, but it, it just kinda instilled that idea yeah. in me, like, man, this is like some castle in the air idea, like that we 
that this is going to happen. Um, so that's where the piece came from. And I thought it suited the, the, the piece pretty well. And I thought it was a cool name. Um, yeah. And then the, and then the, uh, soundscape, uh, part, which I thought with the birds that you use was really symbolic to the, the whole project and, and, uh, the, the go, the go green kind of, uh, aspect of everything. So yeah, it was really fun to, to be able to collaborate with you. I don't think we really talked that much throughout the composition, which I really, I really like that you kind of left it open to me. Uh, you didn't really, you know, you had your, your, your mindset. Of, the only thing you really gave me parameters wise was, you know, don't use a marimba, only use, you know, re recycled instruments like our metal instruments. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can do that. And that was pretty much all you gave me. That was, and kind of left my mind up to be a little more creative. You know, I, I know some, some, uh, commissions that people have, you know, they're very specific. Like I want this, I want this, I want this, I want it to sound this way. I want it to sound this way. It's like, okay, well, mm. as, why are you asking me to write the piece if you know how to write it? <laughs> if you know what it yeah. is, it's like, and there's nothing wrong with that. And and there's definitely situations that, that, you know, call for that. Like if there's a certain, you know, story that needs to be portrayed or something like that. But I really, I really, uh, like that. I think you were kind of surprised when I sent it to you. You're like, man, you're already done. Like it was really quick. It was like, just like a few yeah. months that I wrote that piece and, Anyway, yeah, it, it was yeah. a lot of fun, and I, I really enjoyed working with with you guys on that, and I'm glad. Absolutely, it's and it's it's really a wonderful piece. If you're looking for a, a really great vibraphone solo um, for a recital or something to pick up, um, you know, just something to play, even in even in maybe the the times we're living yeah. in right now. If you need a little boost, it's it's very uplifting, uh -huh. and at a yeah, it's an it could be a nice little escape if if you want to think about it that way. So, Patrick, I I really appreciate you coming on um, and talking with us for a bit and sharing your experience um, and influence with the project and everything. Definitely. So, thank you for taking the time. I I think we're at a good stopping point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and thank you for all the kind words. Uh, that really means a Li lot. And likewise. we're super excited and super excited and happy to have you be a part of that first. Uh, inaugural commissions and <laughs> yeah hopefully hopefully there will be some more Patsig uh, commissions down the road so definitely 100% <laughs> awesome thanks for having me guys sure. absolutely well that's all for this month thanks for tuning in to the Green Room podcast yet again I'm your co-host Chase Banks and I'm Christine Banks and we will talk to you next time take care <laughs> bye <laughs>